every neighborhood has the house kids aren't supposed to go to. Where I grew up near Pasadena in the 60s, it was the McKay Place, a five-acre overgrown estate that hadn't been subdivided yet. At the end of its long driveway was a spooky house that could only belong to a witch. No one ever trick-or-treated there. At, uh, no one ever trick-or-treated there. Our parents talked about the crazy lady who collected all those animals. We kids traded stories about her eating her animals and trapping kids into slavery. Well, the summer I was 11, I became so bored with Barbie dolls and the neighbor girls that I decided to try something new. I got my brother Kevin, who was 10, and we dared each other to go see for ourselves what was really up there. We crept onto her property, tiptoeing through the fruit trees and across the lawn to see ducks swimming in a dirty pool. Then we came to a cage of ravens, then a cage of monkeys. Now, almost up to the giant house, we saw an old lady bending over boxes of lettuces and vegetables. She saw us too. She stood up straight and put her hands on her hips. What do you kids want? You just can't come up here uninvited. Uh, um, we heard there were animals up here, I said, heart racing. Yes, we came to see the animals, Kevin practically choked. She looked at us with her squinty eyes. She wore red stretch pants. Her red tennis shoes were cut open, giving her big gnarled toes breathing room. Her knobby hands had black grooves from hard work. I could feel Kevin's heart beating as fast as mine. A witch, she was a witch. Go home and don't bother us up here. I'm busy sorting greens for all the animals. You must keep the lettuce separate from the vegetables, she announced, and she shook some lettuce at us. We turned to hurry away, but then she said, unless you'd like to work. We turned back toward her. Do you even know how to work with animals? I have a hamster, I stammered. I have a goldfish, my, my brother stammered. She sighed with annoyance. Well, if you want to stay, you'll have to work hard. No loitering around, she said, pointing a bent finger at us. We just nodded yes, okay, to whatever she said. Well, follow that dirt path and go back past the other animals. Find the other kids under the pepper tree and help them bury the dead pony. <laughs> the what? We were shocked into obedience. Along the dirt path, we found cages and cages full of guinea pigs and rabbits, then pens of goats, and a big flock of chickens, and then a pen full of ponies, and then the kennels of old bulldogs. And I suddenly wanted to pet and hold every animal and know all about them. And then peacocks popped out of the bushes. Past all of this and more was a pepper tree. And under the pepper tree, four kids were digging a hole. Beside that big hole, baking in the hot sun, was a real live dead pony. <laughs> We froze. New kids, a boy down in the hole called out excitedly. Did you come to help? We nodded, and they all gladly handed us old shovels. More help, hooray, we're saved, they called out. The kids were Judy and Arthur, twins, and 11 like me. The other two were Vicky and her brother Ernie, also just our ages. They were so friendly and seemed so glad to meet us that suddenly everything became real exciting. Kevin and I tentatively climbed down into the hole and began to dig too. 
I couldn't believe these other brothers and sisters lived near me, yet I had never met them. And all these animals were just around the corner, and I'd never even known it. We began digging and digging, and they told us how they came every day to take care of the animals and ride the ponies and play with the baby lambs when they came. After a long time, our hands aching and filthy, Arthur said the hole was big enough. We clambered out, but to our dismay, in the hot sun, the pony had grown much bigger. <laughs> Bloat, Judy said. It's what happens to dead animals in the sun. Will it fit, I asked? The pony's stomach was now bigger than a beach ball. Studying the situation, Arthur said, it sure would fit better if somehow we could pop it. <laughs> this horrible idea seemed like a good solution. He took the rusty shovel, and with every bit of his strength, he hammered the edge of it down, wham, as hard as he could under the pony pony's stomach, and we screamed and cringed and fell back, but nothing. The shovel just bounced off the tough hide. Next, we thought, maybe we could fold up its legs to fit better into its grave. They were just as stiff as wooden poles. So this time, Ernie, who thought he was stronger than Arthur, took the edge of the shovel, and with all his might, he banged it down on the pony's legs just below the knees to see if it would break. We ran back cringing and hi hiding our eyes again, but nothing. We just have to bury it the way it is, Vicky said, tossing her blonde braids back over her shoulders. So we took a hold, all six of us, pushing and pulling the pony towards the hole. It was the most gross and the most fascinating thing I'd ever done. <laughs> its eyes were crusted over with flies. Its tongue was poked out and hardening. How did it die, Kevin asked, straining as he tugged. Lettuce. Somebody fed the pony lettuce, Judy said with authority. What's the matter with that, I asked, pulling the pony from the mane. They all chimed in. Lettuce causes so much gas in a pony that its intestines can twist. That's what happened. And that's why Mrs. McKay's so crabby today, Judy said. She hates to lose an animal to carelessness. And she shot her brother an accusing look. The only time it's OK if something dies around here is if it's butchering day, Ernie said. Our eyes blinked wide. You know, rabbits, chickens, sheep, he said matter-of-factly. And then with one final whoosh, he pushed the pony into the hole. We quickly piled all the dirt back in and over the pony, and we were done. We called Mrs. McKay to inspect the job, and she came hurrying from the house. But as she got near, she slowed down, scowling. She gently swiped her foot across the mound, and a hoof instantly popped up. <laughs> we all jumped back. You kids dug a bad hole. This will never satisfy the health department, she scolded. Get little Smokey deeper into the ground. And she stomped off. Well, we almost cried with despair. Arthur, you are so stupid to think that hole was big enough, accused his sister. You are the stupid one, he called back. Quit it, you guys, Vicky said. You know Miss McKay hates that word. We all began digging around and under to get the pony in deeper. Even though we were exhausted, no one thought of quitting. We only thought of finishing. And finally, the pony seemed really deep in there. 
I shook the dirt out of my shoes, and we called Mrs. McKay again. She approached the grave, and we knew she approved. She looked at each one of us. Never be afraid of big, dirty jobs because God has made our hands washable. Come into the kitchen. Let's wash our hands, and I'll make you all hot fudge sundaes. She smiled a nice, big smile, and we followed her toward the house with a sense of wonderful, grown-up accomplishment. And that started an adventure that lasted five years. I became one of those kids who went every day to Mrs. McKay's, becoming an expert in animals and learning so many important things like how to be reliable. The hard work pays off. Dirty jobs have to be done. And from that very day, I never played Barbies again. <laughs>